It's truly uplifting to join you today as we revisit a vital topic for Dallas. In this episode, we'll delve into the root causes of crime, the types prevalent in our city, and its effects on more diverse groups. More importantly, we'll shine a light on the proactive measures in place to counteract and reduce this challenge. Many assert that poverty and limited opportunities play a significant role in driving crime. My own story disproves this theory. Born in El Paso, Texas, my birth mother faced significant economic challenges and made the heart-wrenching decision to place me for adoption. She went back to Mexico, holding on to the aspiration of one day reuniting our family in the United States. Despite our modest beginnings and my older siblings growing up in resource-scarce environments in Mexico, and even in some of Houston's toughest neighborhoods like the Second Ward, our present-day circumstances defy those humble origins. While various regions in Dallas grapple with economic struggles and constrained access to resources, it would be an oversimplification for me to attribute crime solely to poverty and limited opportunities. Joining us today to discuss these issues and more is Dallas Police Chief Eduardo Garcia, also known as Chief Eddie Garcia. With over 30 years of law enforcement experience, Chief Garcia has a deep understanding of these challenges facing law enforcement and communities in Dallas. Chief Garcia made history in 2021 by becoming the first Latino to hold the position in the DPD's 140-year history. Additionally, Chief Garcia recently was elected as the president of Major Cities Chiefs Association, a professional organization of police executives from the U.S. and Canada. Originating from Puerto Rico, Chief Garcia dedicated 29 years to the San Jose Police Department. He served in various roles from patrol to SWAT, advancing from captain, ultimately being appointed as San Jose's chief in 2016. In Dallas, Chief Garcia has championed initiatives to curtail violent crime, foster community trust, and to promote transparency and proactive policing. He underscores the shared duty of public safety, believing in community collaboration. His commitment is clear to position Dallas as one of America's safest cities. Chief Garcia, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I am so happy that we have you here today. I know so many people in our community absolutely love you. Something that I love that I've heard you say in previous interviews is that safety is not a red issue or a blue issue. It's a common sense issue. And I feel grateful that my kids are being raised under your leadership here in Dallas. Can you tell me why so many people love you being here and how you're really working to effectively build trust between the Dallas Police Department and our community. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I can't really answer why. Sure you can, yes you can. You're why? improving morale, you're placing that first. I, I wanna hear all of it. You, this is where you showcase uh, how you're different. You're very different and we're happy to have you. There's just, just two things that I find that are incredibly important is that, you know, you can never forget. I mean, the Oakley, it's not cliche to me. You can't forget where you came from. You know, obviously, you know, I've worked in most every proactive unit a department can have uh, throughout my career. Uh, and I remember, I remember what it felt like to hold a perimeter at three in the morning. I remember what it felt like do a, doing a SWAT entry on a violent criminal. Uh, I remember, you know, what it felt like to investigate a murder and a homicide. I, I remember the hours that you're up. So that's never lost on me. Uh, and I just like to be genuine. 
Uh, you have to, you know, you have to practice your Lincoln on leadership qualities. You have to get amongst them. You have to be amongst your people and understand that, you know, you're working together. They're not working for you. You're working together. So you've talked about the importance of community policing and something that I would like for you to explain to our viewers and listeners is what that actually looks like. Well, you know, let's just start off with community policing really just being present, being empathetic to people's problems. It's listening to uh, how they feel a department can do better and being present. Uh, in solving issues surrounding their neighborhoods. We are not going to arrest our way uh, into a safer Dallas. That, that, that's not the answer. Yes, there's no question that we need to take the violent criminal element off our street, and we have to do that every day. But we also do have to, have to make reinvestments in people and places. And so, you know, community policing for us is as active as our gang units, our robbery units, our SWAT teams, uh, our patrol units that are taking the criminal element out of certain neighborhoods, just as important as that is, our community affairs uh, is working just as hard to make sure that individuals in certain neighborhoods where we do have to take the violent criminal element off the street just don't see us in a moment of crisis. Yep. That's really what community policing in general looks like to me. Do you know if there's an inflection point in which citizens will say or believe that crime are, is at a more acceptable level. Uh, I think when we look at it as from a from a police department is we will never do touchdown dances. Uh, there is no there is no chief that should credibly ever tell you we will that they'll get to that point. There will always the goalposts will always move. Our goal here in Dallas is really to save more lives and more victims. You know, as we look at violent crime uh, as of today, it's down twelve percent overall. You know, in, even in, on top of the last two years of reductions, gun crime is going down in the city. Aggravated assault, non-family violence, which was a generally your street level type of violent crime is going down. And so when you look at that, you do look at that trajectory as crime is going down in those violent categories, uh, then I think people will get a sense of safety. Our goal is really to become the largest, safest city in, in, in the country. And so it is helpful. Uh, to be able to to say that and to say that's our goal, uh, but we aren't sitting back just because we've had some successes. Great. And I know that we're in a national crisis as it relates to staffing police in general. Dallas is no different. What is your game plan for the Dallas Police Department to address retention um, of police, but also to specifically address the staffing issue? We have to be an attractive department. We are all as police departments and cities looking for the same pool. We're in the same pool trying to get trying to get applicants. And really, when applicants that want to do this job in this profession, they have to know that they feel supported. Uh, they want to know that, you know, and I'll, and I'll say it and I'll say it, the, the elephant in the room that I often talk about is the last few years. Honorable men and women have seen uh, officers not feel supported. Honorable officers, not the ones that don't deserve to wear this uniform, but honorable officers don't feel supported. Honorable officers have been vilified. And I don't care what profession you're in. If that's the sense of the profession, uh, you're not going to you're not going to have a lot of people that want to get into 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 that profession. I come from the state of California uh, and I make and I've said this many, many times. I come from a place that even people that support law enforcement are almost afraid to say to support law enforcement for fear of what other will, others will say. That doesn't exist here. I don't feel that here, uh, regardless, which is the point you made at the beginning where for, it's not blue or red here. 
the common sense. I've never felt that here since I've been here. And that's important. Obviously, we offered bonuses for officers to stay past 28 years. Uh, if they stay two more years, they, they get a bonus, which is important. Uh, but we have to think of things that for our younger officers, our years, the one to five officers and things of that nature. So we're starting a pilot program here in the city of Dallas. Generally speaking, all of our seven patrol stations work five days a week, eight hour shifts. We piloted a program in Southwest at our Southwest okay. station where now officers work four tens. Mm -hmm. They work four days a week, 10 hour days. So we're piloting that out to see how that works for their personal life and for their work life. And if that's successful, we're going to roll that out citywide. One last thing that we did, we put mental wellness and officer wellness uh, at, as a priority as a yes. department to the, in the department. I fully understand uh, the issues that our men and women go through every day. Um, it's one of the biggest cultural changes in American law enforcement, in my opinion. And our work's not done. We're going to be thinking about a lot of different things uh, that we can make the working conditions of our officers better in order to retain. And if we can retain by making working conditions better, then that will ultimately have an effect on recruitment. Because I, as I also say, we have an amazing recruitment unit, but there is no better recruiter than the nearly 3,100 officers that we have. To that number, I know you just mentioned 3,100 officers. I've heard people say that we need 4,000 officers to effectively reduce crime to, I guess, acceptable or effective numbers. What is that magic number by your standards? Is it 4,000 with 40 patrolling downtown at all times? Or is it something between 3,100 and 4,000? Or is it over 4,000? Well, I'll say this. First and foremost, you have to have a plan. Uh, I could have 10,000 officers that worked in this department. If we didn't have a violent crime plan, they'd be, they'd, they'd be useless. You have to have a plan. However, when you do have a plan and you have more officers, you absolutely can affect and reduce violent crime. There is no question that more officers with a plan will reduce crime in the city. I think what I've said, and I've said it publicly, uh, we need to get to 35, 3,600 officers and see where we're at from there. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot that people want us to hire like 400 right now or 500 right now. And I just want to explain for all the listeners that I can't assimilate 500 officers in a year. We have to grow slowly. So to your point, we're going to grow, but it's going to, but it's going to be a slow growth. Earlier in the interview, in our conversation, you said that arresting is not the solution, but there are still a lot of repeat offenders out there. What would it look like if these repeat offenders were not arrested and then getting out, arrested and getting out, kind of that whole cycle? Well, let me just hit a couple things, because obviously arresting violent criminals uh, is incredibly important that are plaguing our community. There's no question about that. When I say we're not going to arrest our way out of long term problems, what I mean is this, is that we need to reinvest in people in places, police departments, not just here in Dallas, but nationally. Think of us as the fever reducer. We're the Advil, we're the Tylenol you take to reduce the fever. We are not the cure to the illness. Uh, there is an illness when it comes to air areas that are historically impacted by violent crime. We're not going to fix the illness. Uh, and so that's what I mean by that. So we need to make reinvestments in people in places. There's no question about that. But that those investments aren't going to manifest themselves into people not getting shot this weekend. And so we need our officers every single day. And it's that balance. Uh, I've said this before. <laughs> You're probably leading me that way because I've said it many times. Uh, we don't get to say we're serious about gun crime in this country. We don't certainly don't get to say we're serious about gun crime in Dallas County. When I have men and women who risk their lives every day 
to take violent offenders who have committed gun crime uh, and that shouldn't have firearms to begin with for them to only be out in the, back out in the street within days or weeks. We don't get to say we're serious about gun crime. There have been irresponsible decisions made by certain judges with regards to bail or bond that in the name of social justice has not made our community safer. Uh, I've said that loud and clear. I'm never shy about saying that. It's their irresponsible decisions uh, that obviously there's a disconnect from what certain judges are, are thinking they know on the bench to what I see when I go out to my community and neighborhoods and hear their pain. Uh, and so the revolving door is a humongous issue. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, our criminologists are working with the Major City of Chiefs Association that we're going to do a bail bond study throughout the country uh, to once uh, we did one here, certainly in Dallas, which would not which was not very positive of violent individuals uh, that were not only repeat offenders, but would be back out uh, in our community in a matter of days, if not weeks. Kind of one of the last questions that I want to ask about your police force. How do you believe that they are being sensitive to using or not utilizing force when they do not have to? So one of the things when we talk about force is we talk about force, whether it is a cultural issue within a department or not, without studying where the department's at. When I first got here, we launched a use of force uh, study on the department. The study revealed uh, revealed a lot of a lot of uh, good information for us to use but the one thing that it revealed was that at the point that our officers have to use force there's literally no racial disparity when officers have to arrest someone there is no there was no disparity the accountability piece is is big one of the things that i am proud of is many of our force complaints that we get on officers are actually generated internally uh, by supervisors and others that have seen the force occur. And so it's a message that we constantly give to our officers uh, to use time and distance to come up with a plan. Uh, but, you know, it's not a choreographed dance at times. You know, we've gotten to 10 officer involved shootings this year. Force is something that that has to be used at times. Uh, we certainly have to be judicious in the manner in which we do it. Uh, but we studied ourselves to see that, you know, that the experts had said there is no cultural issue. So then now we have to get better uh, to always ensure that that's the case. Very last question, which we're going to have to squeeze in here, but it's what the community can do for you all. What role can the community play, if any, in helping the Dallas Police Department be more effective? Well, I think really just continuing with the support that we that that we get for our community, understanding and having some empathy as we have in our community, have some empathy for us uh, that we all want to do more. There's no question about it, but to understand it's not for a lack of effort. Our city leadership is incredibly helpful, but it helps them to hear from the community. You know, oftentimes, you know, when there's a complaint, our city leaders will hear about it. Uh, but when the department does a great job doing something, it's almost like, you know, we, we, we remain silent and that's not just in Dallas, that's most places. So, you know, I would say show your support, make sure that you vocalize that to our city leaders to, to make them aware that the decisions that they're making are, are for the betterment of our community, which they are currently. Um, and for me personally, if we could all just pray for a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl, that that would really be helpful to me. <laughs> and, and me too, <laughs> or to, to my happiness levels. I appreciate your time today. I know you keep a busy calendar 
And again, I would love to have you back. I'd love to be back. Just let me know. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And we all appreciate you being here. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Have a great, have a great day. Go Thank Cowboys. You. Woo! Thank you. All right. able to defend oneself I think is more and more and more important today and I thought it was just very apropos and appropriate to have Tom here featured after our wonderful police chief so Tom would you mind telling everyone just a little bit about yourself your history what inspired you to do this yes uh, my name is Tom Bloss I'm a United States Army veteran I was introduced to Krav Maga back in 2000 2001 so I actually helped form what's now one of the largest Krav Maga centers in the United States right so I have to I make love sure <laughs> that I change I love it. every single direction, but I get to my exit as fast as possible. Didn't truly understand how Krav Maga was actually gonna affect my life, being able to help out others see past their potential, but also just with all the different walks of life that I take care of who have been sexually assaulted, raped, held at gunpoint, carjacked, house broken into, apartment broken into. So it's, uh, it's not an easy thing to go through as far as t the teaching side, just because I am a father of four girls and I have zero tolerance for people who ever do any type of uh, that uh, predator uh, behavior. So I try to give the tools to be able to allow a person to truly be able to understand that they can defend themselves. Redirect, good, good. Redirect, attack, good, nice, that's it, good. Redirect, attack, good, take away, so bend it straight over. Good, as fast as possible. Good, now rip it out, step away, tap a rack, shoot. Tap, rack, shoot, tap, rack, shoot. Redirect, attack, take away. Tap, rack, shoot. Quick, 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 go, 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 go. Good, thank you, good. So, in all, this is how long I want it to take you. Okay. You do not just privates, but you do groups, small groups maybe like this. Yes, And yes. up to how many at a time? Um, well, uh, the largest group I will take care of uh, is between 15 to 20 people at a time. I do pair them up um, and I am sensitive of any underlying issues. If a person has been attacked, um, I do give them some options, right? Um, the reality though, I get them to get past that mental block the best that they okay. can. You finish it. Okay. Say it. Redirect. Good. Attack. Good. Take away. Good. Tap. Whack. <laughs> Recharge, shoot. Good, thank you. Now do it again. Okay. Ready? With anything else in life, if you want to get better at something, you have to be consistent. Do not ever think that there is a perfect self-defense. There is none, right? Um, if you have the opportunity to be able to defend, you're going to do whatever you can in order to get to safety. Say it as you do it. Redirect, attack, take away. Thank you, good job. Thank you. Good, drive, Push. go, 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 elbows in, elbows in. My name is Whitney Jones, and I've worked with Tom for about four years now. It's been amazing. The amount of confidence that I have built and gained in that amount of time has been really life-changing in a lot of positive ways. Good job. That's what I want. That's the problem. This is such a positive outlet for me to kind of work through my confidence and even some underlying anger things that I had that I didn't even know was in there. And just the community that Tom has built here, everybody's so encouraging. It really is such an uplifting experience. A lot of love for Tom. Rock, rock, keep going. Palm heel strikes, palm heel strikes, go. Hammer fist, go. Athena Van Gallis. I have known Tom for about 12 years now. He really opened and changed my life, learning how to defend myself and really building like my mental health as well. Time! Good job. Oh. Very nice. Oh my God. Good. Oh. Awesome. Oh. That Good is job. exhausting. Hopefully. Okay.